This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Jerry Peters and First Class Mortgage. Our expertise, your peace of mind. Visit us at firstclassmortgage.com. Now, here's Jupe and Vigo. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 192. Well, it was a good weekend for the Gophers a couple weeks ago when uh, they won three games in three days, winning the Big Ten tournament, automatically qualifying for the for the NCAA tournament, which we thought was going to happen no matter what. But you know, we're going to cover all that in the NCAA tournament, and one of our favorite guests is back with us. Nate Wells, Mr. Gopher State himself. Nate, how you doing? I'm good. It's good to be back with you guys. Uh, I miss I miss uh miss being around the rink. I miss being uh hanging out with the with the you and Vigs. Well, we miss being at the rink too. <laughs> it's been over a year, hasn't it, Vigs? It has been a long year. Uh we are getting closer to the finish line. I miss seeing Nate at the games. We used to be pretty close together in the press box and we could bounce ideas off of each other, like each other's tweets, give each other a little thumbs up, uh talk between periods. It's uh it's a little different this year not having those conversations. So good to have you on the show, Nate. And it looks like we've already yeah, got quite really... a few people in chat. So uh oops, go ahead, Nate. I didn't hear you there. Nate's a little soft uh, tonight. I was I think last time I was on uh, was right before everything uh, went uh, haywire and shut down. So uh, hopefully opposite happens this time. So we have you to blame? I mean, I'd I blame global pandemic, but uh, <laughs> timing-wise. <I'm not. laughs> well, you know, I, I see we've got a full chat, and I already see that Eric Brever says he is watching us from Maui right now. I bet the time zone change watching from Maui is is a little bit better than time zone being a guest from the East Coast. It's like happy hour right now for Brever. Yeah. I mean, I I thought about going to Maui. My my kids are on spring break right now. I thought about you know this would be a good year to go with a kindergartner and a second grader. Why not go to Hawaii? Pandemic shut that idea down, but I'm glad uh, Brever could take advantage. I'm jealous. He's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> just this is just preparing me for the uh 10 p.m saturday start well let's talk about it guys the boys are back in the tournament vegs um they pulled off uh a couple key specific type of wins uh during the tournament both times against the michigan teams they were down had to come back had to win in overtime things they hadn't done all season and uh, and, it, and it got into the championship game. Well, I thought it was important that Minnesota got that experience. This has been kind of a weird year for them. Either they've been front runners and have got the early lead and run away with the games, or they've kind of let the other team take advantage and they've been behind and haven't been able to shake, shake that uh, mistake and, and turn it around. So this past tournament, they had a couple games where I didn't think they played particularly well mentally in the first periods. Physically, I thought they were engaged. 
They were trying to, to play hard. They were skating well, but they just weren't mentally making the right decisions with the puck. They were, they're giving away pucks in the slot, blind passes, you know, just not creating consistent offense and both nights they found their game. And the reason they were able to do that is they've got great defensemen and great goaltending. And that allowed them some time to find their, their game. And it paid off at the end with some smart plays. Like some of the goals that they were able to score came off of patience, ground game, and then things would open up a little bit. And Vings, you actually asked Mosco this, I believe almost two nights in a row. Like, um, and even the players you asked, you know, typically earlier in the season, you guys get down, you're quiet on the bench, there's not much excitement, you kind of given up. And, and you were asking the players and, and, and Coach Mosco, what was different this time? How did the bench get past that? And I don't know if I got great answers. You didn't. Either you when didn't. I was asking these questions. <laughs> like they, I think they acknowledge that it's been a problem this year, and they just they just got away with it against Michigan State and Michigan, and they stuck to the game plan. And I think it's enough players stuck to it and and made the right plays. Bob maybe changed the lines around a little bit, changed the power plays a little bit to maybe change things up, and the message did eventually get through to the guys. And you look at Sammy Walker's OT goal against Michigan, you know, that's coming off a play where a player put the puck down along the ice, a rebound was there, Walker got free and was able to get the game winner. Those are the kind of plays that they need to make. Mm -hmm. And we saw Blake McLaughlin maybe play his most engaged back-to-back nights against Michigan and against Wisconsin because he was engaged to play in the right way. And so maybe when you get enough guys feeling that, you know, you don't have those lulls on the bench that happened earlier in the year. And I was trying to get some more perceptive things <laughs> back from the players and coaches about why that's happening. Cause they, they did call it out without prompting earlier in the year saying, Hey guys, we need to fix this. Maybe it's fixed. We'll see. And then, you know, so they, they move on two overtime winners against Michigan state, and Michigan and Nate, um, they hit they hit uh, Wisconsin with a mighty punch in that second period and really kind of took Wisconsin out of the game. Hung on at the end, but uh, they they really took care of Wisconsin at the beginning until they ran out of legs. And and they need and they needed to uh, having that extra game, having the extra time with the two overtimes, um, just coming out strong. And we we've seen all year with uh, with the Gophers. Uh, when they get one, they are very capable of getting uh, another one and keep going and just building on the momentum. And yeah, second period, um, especially against uh, a Wisconsin team that ended up being uh, slotted as one of the top four teams in the country, um, just what they're able to do against the Badgers in that second period might be the most impressive uh, 20 minutes that we've seen from uh, Minnesota all season. And then, you know, you get to the third period, Wisconsin gets a couple goals. It's obvious their legs are going their, but their their brains are going too, Viggs. Mosco calls a timeout, tries to calm them down. It, it seemed to do the trick, you know, until that late goal by Cole Caulfield was just pretty, it, you know, they did a really good job stock, stopping him in the entire game. That was off a, a face-off, so uh, more credit to him on that goal, but they had done a good job keeping him down. But Mosco took the timeout, got him calmed down, and it seemed to be pretty effective in that third. Yeah, I thought Wisconsin's second and third goals of the game were kind of like wake-ups for Minnesota. The first one, there was just no back pressure. There were bad gaps. 
those are things that can happen when you're up big. You know, you're not as engaged in the game. You're just kind of like, oh, this will be easy. We'll give a big gap. I won't let them get behind me. You know, no problem. And then the forwards maybe taking long shifts. And then the other one, you know, bad line change puts them behind, you know, and Bob made the right call there, getting the timeout and saying, hey, let's finish this thing and, and f- get the win and, and maybe get our number one seed locked up. And you can't really hold Caulfield off the score sheet the entire night. That was just a great play by him, a great shot by him, but they held on. <laughs> so <laughs> important, important game, I think, for Minnesota, because if they let that slip away and it goes the other way, you know, that could just be the other side of the roller coaster. You know, Bob's talked about that. You get into this weird part of the season where you're getting a regular season title, conference title, NCAAs, you're on a roller coaster. You don't want that. You just want to have a steady, calm presence. So Nate, they, they got away with it. So Nate, they really took care of quite a few things. You know, they had their overtime game this weekend. They had their comeback game. They had their game when they were way ahead and they almost blew it, but it all seemed to go their way in the end. And maybe they learned quite a few lessons. Yeah. Especially that championship game was like a, like a best of previous uh, <laughs> conference tournament games that we've seen just thinking like, okay, well, there's the Moscow timeout. So, okay. You got that one going on. All right. We've seen, we've seen leads evaporate. We've seen the third, Going back to the the old uh, WCHA Final Five format, uh, that third te- that third uh, game in three days, it's mm-hmm. really tough to win those three against uh, the the team that's playing the bye. Um, and yeah, Minnesota was able to hold on. They got the banner. I think that's important. Uh, Moscow's first banner as Gophers head coach. Um, anytime you're able to do that, that's a sign of a successful season. And they're able to just end up end up being uh, the top Big Ten team uh, entering the NCAA tournament and. They also went in. They defeated the uh, the two the two teams that they were kind of competing against for that top spot. Uh, they all entered like in, in, along with the Big Ten uh, schedule. They all beat up on one another. They entered like the Big Ten tournament pretty much even, um, facing mm-hmm. one another. That they did, and uh, well, Viggs, I, I I just think it was an all all around good tournament. I mean, they just they faced everything. They didn't face a loss. Obviously good, but um, they face have had a lot of adversity, and uh, hopefully they can build on that moving to the NCAA tournament. I think the biggest thing that came away from the weekend of the Big Ten tournament was Minnesota had the best goaltending. Yes. Obviously, Michigan State, they made the, the crazy move to, to take DeRitter out of the net and put in their uh, their freshman. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Charleston. Charleston. He, yep. was, Charleston. he was good. And he was really good. But I thought in the next two nights, Minnesota's Jack LaFontaine outplayed Michigan's goalie, Strauss Band, and then outplayed Wisconsin's two goalies, mm-hmm. uh, Badoon and, and Cameron Rowe. And I thought that was the difference between Minnesota and these other teams in the Big Ten is they got better goaltending. And I think that bodes well for them coming into the NCAA tournament as they're going to be one of the teams that's had pretty consistent goaltending all year long and allows them to maybe go through kind of a feeling out process of a game. And, and that's going to be important for them. It is going to be important. It's uh it's an exciting time, Nate. That's all I care about. You know, my favorite weekends coming up, you know, we just, we just got to tie, you know, like I said, we just hung a banner. We're two one thousandths of a point from getting another banner in regular season. Um, how are you feeling just kind of general after that Big Ten tournament? Are you feeling good about this team? Or are you a wait-and-see type of thing? 
Uh, I'd say if, it, if it's a stock, it's trending up. Um, I agree with a lot of what Vigo just said there, where Minnesota enters the tournament. I mean, it's it's a crazy tournament. We all know that. We've seen enough uh, games, both good and bad, uh, that uh, we can uh, go off in the memories of just crazy things happening in the NCAA tournament. I mean, in a regular year, let alone a year like this one. Um, but Minnesota enters it with just showing off, uh, throwing off the many ways it can win, having the goaltending necessary to get through four games. Um, it's really important to me to kind of see the Gophers be able to come back from win from a game that they were down, um, both give up the first goal and against Michigan where they're down two nothing, they're able to make that third period comeback against a Wolverines team who was undefeated uh, at that point, being up to nothing all year. Um, Minnesota, I think for the most part in that first half where they just continued that run of uh, the second half from last season of just proving everybody wrong and continuing uh, things going their way. It was almost like a first world problem of it's like, I want to see the Gophers face a little bit of adversity and see how they're going to uh, face it and challenge it. And we saw it in that second half and you know, the term in time, you're going to have to play hopefully four games and, and uh, if everything goes well, odds are that at least in one of them, that things will, the, You'll be playing from behind. You'll have some challenges. Uh, these are the best teams in the country. Um, there really aren't easy games. So seeing them be able to come back uh, and win these games and just show off some resilience, um, build upon it, improve from uh, the second half, I think it's just it's an important thing. And for me, that's why Minnesota is turning up. Uh, I don't know what this weekend has in store. I'd be lying if I was 100% confident in anything. Uh, I wrote, I wrote like about 500 words in Notre Dame. And then like two, uh, two hours later, they got, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they're no longer in the tournament. Um, so, I mean, there's really nothing that you can be certain about in this tournament, but uh, I am at least certain that uh, there are many ways for Minnesota to win. And that's the best place you want to be entering the, this weekend. We'll get to the tournament here in a bit, but uh, we kind of touched on a little bit, you know, Vig's, a couple one thousandths of a point from winning a regular season title. So Motsko missed out on that bonus, but uh, he did get a nice little bonus for winning the tournament, didn't he? Yeah, nice $15,000 oh, for Bob. And, chump you change. Know, <laughs> chump change for him. I'm sure he would have liked the $30,000 for winning the regular season title. I, I I hesitated whether or not I was going to bring that up in the press conference when we started talking about, you know, do you, do you wish they would have gone point percentage instead of win percentage? And then did you know you had a $30,000 bonus the other way? Maybe oh, he you would knows. Have, maybe you would have campaigned a little harder for one way or the other. But I think Minnesota deserved to get the number one seed and the top seed mm-hmm. in the Big Ten, that they were just more consistent start to finish. You can look at their record against Wisconsin and maybe poke some holes there, but I think they played very well against Michigan and then they proved themselves in the neutral site tournament. Uh, Minnesota is, is hitting on all cylinders. And I think when they come in the NCAA tournament, you know, they're a team that their opponent can only beat them if they're on, if their opponents off, I think it's going to be really hard to beat Minnesota. We saw that Wisconsin during that second period when Wisconsin had that sag to the game, there was no back pressure. That was just like chum in the water for Minnesota, and they took advantage really quickly. I think a team to beat Minnesota is going to need to play a full effort and compete really hard to to stay in it with them. All right. Well, 
it's an exciting time of year. It's my favorite time of year, so I'm pretty excited about it. Um, we're going to talk about the NCAA tournament coming up next, all the regionals. That's why we have Nate on, because he's our guy for all the regionals. Um, but first, we need to hear from our sponsor. Uh, great to hear from Jerry. Hey, fellow GPLers. This is Jerry Peters from First Class Mortgage. Interest rates are near all-time lows and property values are on the rise. Lower your interest rate and remove monthly PMI at the same time to save thousands of dollars. Or use the equity in your home for debt consolidation and home improvement. The housing market is still hot, so make sure you're prepared by getting a pre-approval letter from me before you start shopping. Mention you heard about me on the GPL podcast and receive a $300 closing cost credit. Some restrictions do apply. Call me today at 612-940-3291 or visit firstclassmortgage.com to fill out a free online application. My NMLS number is 480200. First Class Mortgages is 322842. This is not an offer to lock into an interest rate agreement under Minnesota law. First Class Mortgage is an equal housing lender. And of course, we always thank Jerry for our being our GPL sponsor. Let's see if I can get this screen to stop sharing there. There we go. <laughs> Finally got it to work there. Um, okay, gentlemen. St. Lawrence was in the tournament. Then St. Lawrence wasn't in the tournament. I mean, <laughs> they they win their they win their league, Nate, and then all of a sudden, oh boy, they they didn't get into the tournament. So that allowed Notre Dame to sneak in because they were the last team out before that. And now just uh, this afternoon, Notre Dame is out. Um, And like you said, you just wrote all this about Notre Dame. It never fails. Uh, Is more coming? I hope not, but is more coming? I know, a big question mark. Well, there are those hints that maybe there's some cases coming out of North Dakota, and maybe there's a difference with how North Dakota rooms or travels or, or whatever. They said they passed all those tests, though. So, well, Butchergrass has been hinting that maybe there could be some players that might be testing positive. So we'll see what's going to happen. It's it's going to be interesting this weekend, waiting for those line charts and and seeing if everybody's going to be there because they're not in bubbles. So anything could happen. The boogeyman's out there, as Bob is fond of saying these days. So what were you going to say about Notre Dame there, Nate? <laughs> oh, I, I was going to basically go on about how uh, pretty much they are the quintessential last team into the tournament. Uh, honestly, in my, my bracket, I had them go to the Frozen Four out of that region. Ouch. Uh, we 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 we, uh, we think about uh, Yale won a national championship 2013. Um, Providence won in 2015 as the last team in. Duluth won as the last team in 2018. And we always kind of forget that these teams had some really crummy uh, conference tournament weekends. Um, but we don't remember that. We remember that they won a national title. And and I think Road Notre Dame's a tough team is, is a tough team to play against. For some reason, they really struggle in uh, in South Bend this season. But I mean, they swept Minnesota at home or, or on the road. They swept Michigan on the road. Uh, they're a really different team on the road. And I kind of thought they matched up well with BC and uh, even going against uh, whoever the uh, the St. Cloud State uh, BU winner would have been. Uh, I thought it was kind of just a good uh, it was a good regional for, for Notre Dame uh, and making the most of their opportunity to get in. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Uh, 
Uh, we all kind of, honestly, it would have been a surprise to get through this entire tournament without having any issues. I'm actually shocked the, the, the women's tournament was able to uh, go off as smoothly as it did. Uh, I thought they did that when it all in one location, but um, that's just uh, the way things are this year and, uh, and in the world that we live in. Well, so, so here's, here's my thing on Notre Dame. People were saying them being able to sweep Minnesota at Mariucci is like a high resume piece for them. It's a big reason why you include them in the tournament. I go back to that weekend and it kind of goes back to what I was talking about where the Gophers can be off and still be in a game and can turn it on and can win a game. You look back at that Notre Dame game, Minnesota mentally just off the entire weekend, just making really bad decisions with the puck, throwing pucks away, hoping to make backhanded passes toward the slot, just giving the puck back. The year before, Bob talked about it as the rock fight. You know, you get the rock, you throw it over the wall, and the other team has to pick up the rock and throw it back. Well, Notre Dame wasn't really throwing any rocks. They were just kind of battering the rock away, and Minnesota kept having more chances to to do something with it, but they never were able to throw the rock in the net. They just wouldn't do that. And I think that weekend, you know, to me, it kind of showed both sides. You know, Notre Dame's going to be a tough team. You know, they can play a tight lockdown game with you, but I think it also showed Minnesota, you know, they can have – a lot of things go wrong and can still win a game if they're able to turn the switch like they did against Michigan State and Michigan. Thoughts, Nate? <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with Vigo. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I wouldn't. He knows what's going on. Um, but that's, yeah, I mean, it, it, it does also go show, yeah, what Minnesota is capable of. And, I mean, it's why they are a top four team in the country. Uh, I was also going back, I was kind of thinking about this uh, when everything came out, uh, how Notre Dame is probably fortunate that uh, the committee put BC 2 and uh, Minnesota 3, because if you switch that around, uh, they're putting, uh, Minnesota is going is ending up uh, being the uh, the spot where that 15 uh, C would have been, where Notre Dame was. Did you, do you think they put Providence in, or, or do you think they put Providence in that spot, because you don't have the uh, the conference matchup? I would have thought so that Providence deserved to be the next team in. Uh, you could, I know some people say Denver was taken out of the consideration because of their record and things like that, uh, but, but, but it's probably Providence. That's the next team in. Yeah, They I were the bubble Providence. team that was on, on alert five. Yeah. I, I went Providence just because the uh, committee said that they're the next, they're the next team in if case uh, there is anything to before Monday, but uh yeah, it's uh that bubble, that bubble, the that final spot or two. Uh, I think you, you could have made you can made arguments for about six or seven different teams, and the way things turned out, like it wouldn't have been a big surprise. The only, the 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 only, the only way that there's only a few ways that like would be major head scratchers, and uh, I think uh, I think I, I think you can't really complain too much with how things ended up. No, I think they did a great job picking the teams in the situation they were in. Um, Vigs, what do they do if there's more cancellations? I mean, I mean, let's say BU wins against St. Cloud's Day, and then also BU's got a couple the next day. Does that BC just goes automatically to the Frozen Four without playing? That's that, the that's way the rules. But what happens when you get to a Frozen Four? And all of a sudden, 
Uh, North Dakota, they got some. They got some Corona. They can't play, so they're the team they're playing goes right to the championship game. They're, they're, I mean, that's they're, the way they set it up with their rules. I mean, and, they're, and they're, they're playing with a slippery slope here. And I think that's the problem with trying to play sports during the pandemic is things like this are going to pop up. And the way the NCAA has figured this out, there's not going to be a postponement. They're just going to let the next team go through. So, you know, imagine being St. Cloud State BU right now. They're going to be playing a team that's going to get to rest up. And if they have a long game the night before, it it's not exactly a fair skate for them the next night. So it'll be interesting to see how that resolves. I, I do think BC is a pretty darn good hockey team. They've got great goaltending and, and great scoring forwards. Uh, but, you know, they have got a big advantage in that regional final already. And Nate, it sure does mess up the the probability of a number four beating a number one like we have almost every year now. You've already taken one of those out. So now it's just, it's up to North Dakota, Minnesota, and Wisconsin to lose to keep one, keep that string going. Hey, AIC undefeated against number one overall. Return to the homeland of Fargo. But yeah, it's uh that it, it certainly takes away one of the, uh, one of the games that uh, I think if you're betting on a trendy favorite of four to, uh, advance uh it would probably it probably would be Notre Dame it's tough I mean a- AIC um is, I mean a- AIC has lost three games all year uh they have one of the best records they put this again it's, it's Atlantic Atlantic hockey has done really well in uh the last few tournaments um based but they're facing North Dakota and Fargo um and uh AIC has played two games since the end of January and both were last weekend oh, um, Omaha is Probably of all the teams that are in here have struggled the most entering the NCAA tournament. Uh, in fairness, they also played North Dakota like four of like the last like five games. But um, I did, I was looking up when I was going through just like previewing all the teams and stuff. Um, one of the things I thought that kind of ended up uh, working out well was the uh, 15 of the top 16 teams were 15 t- uh, in goal margin over the last 10 games were NCAA tournament teams. The only one that wasn't in that list is uh, is Omaha. They're way down there. They've been outshot a bunch. Uh, they've just uh, so they're down there. And then uh, Bemidji State uh, ended up being uh, they they lost Lake Superior State, so they're coming off of that. Uh, although you know what, hey, who who's going to bet against Tom territory, right? <laughs> So, I mean, there's a lot of great stories in this tournament, Viggs. You know, we've got all five Minnesota teams in. We've got Lake State being in for the first time in a couple decades. Um, we have some great stories here besides the COVID story. Well, yeah, and you look at the number of players from Minnesota who are playing in the NCAA tournament. I mean, it blows every other state out of the water. Like I think it's 122 or 124, something like that. Minnesota players who are playing in this tournament. It's just a phenomenal job that Minnesota hockey does producing players, community hockey works. It keeps everybody involved longer and, and look at all the success that they're having in college hockey right now. And I think it's going to be fun to see the five Minnesota schools in, you know, now we've got a bar set. So when St. Thomas starts playing, now we got to hope for six teams getting in someday. (laughs) But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I'm interested to see if Minnesota State can get their first tournament win 
I don't think this team is as good as Mike Hastings team last year. I thought last year, his team was really set up, you know, some teams like that, they kind of cycle their rosters and every couple of years they get a, a team that's like, wow, this is the special team. The right guys came back. They've got the right pieces at goaltending defense forward special team to make a run. And then COVID hits and we don't get to see what happens. I don't think they're quite as good this year, but I'm going to be watching that game against Quinnipiac because I don't know what ECAC has this year with only a handful of teams in their league and Quinnipiac getting through kind of, kind of luckily, I think. Yeah, they definitely did. Um, let's go through the regions. Let's uh, let's head out where Wisconsin. I believe that's in uh, that's in uh, Bridgeport, isn't it? Um, they'll be facing our Bemidji State Beavers up from the northern side of Minnesota here, and then we've got Lake State and UMass on the other side of that uh, bracket. Um, Nate, I think Bemidji, with the with the style they play, could give uh, a team like Wisconsin, who's a one line team, could give them fits. There are a lot of really fun matchups in this NCAA tournament that ended up happening the way it did. This is one of them where, yeah, you have a Wisconsin team that pretty much everyone has struggled to find a way to slow down their offense. Uh, Cole Caulfield is having one of the best goal-scoring seasons the last 20 years. Um, Dylan Holloway is taking a major step up. Um, Wisconsin, again, speaking of teams that probably don't have the talent uh, compared to last season, um, the Badgers lost uh, lost like three guys who are playing in the NHL right now and uh, turn things around from worst to first. Uh, sometimes it's just uh, getting the right guys in the room. But then you go and get to the Bemidji team that uh, older, bigger, more experienced. They're able to slow teams down. They're able to make the most of uh, of little opportunities. They beat Minnesota State this year uh, 4-1 despite being outshot something like 36-10. And they they're set up well for 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 facing uh wisconsin if they can make this uh just a a, a gritty game and kind of keep things close early um and get through and get through the opening 20 minutes or something i i'm curious to see how things go um wisconsin and one of one of i think honestly we're talking about storylines one of my favorite storylines is when you look at uh the number one seed it's a return to blue bloods we've had a few years where you haven't had these teams, the Minnesota, North Dakota, Boston College, Wisconsin, be in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, they've all missed the last few. Obviously, last year, North Dakota would have been in. Minnesota was making a push late um, before everything was canceled. But you have these teams that are full of talented players who have been the top teams in the country um, but have are expected to do well year in, year out, but have absolutely no NCAA tournament experience. I think Jack LaFontaine is technically the only player who has any uh, tournament experience among the number one seeds so it's just those all interesting things and then yeah putting wisconsin a very skilled offensive team against a uh defensive juggernaut <laughs> like bemidji state just gonna be it's gonna be a fun matchup what do you think Vix? i mean that's a fun regional not too thing. often you hear the term oh vigo just froze oh. look at that He's hear the term defensive juggernaut, but I think that probably describes pretty well. Okay. Jack? Hold on. Hold on. Viggs. Are you there? You kind of were hot. We paused there for a second, man. Yeah, I think we lost Viggs. Am I, am I back? 
Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. You see well, I think what back. I was talking about, the defensive juggernaut. Yes. There we go. Of, uh, we heard it. It was just really delayed. <laughs> defensive juggernaut. How many times can we say juggernaut? Go for it. I juggernaut. Know, it's so hard. But uh, the, the juggernaut thing for uh, Bemidji State will be interesting to watch against Wisconsin because as dominant as Caulfield has been this season, I thought the difference in the series with Minnesota earlier in the year was Dylan Holloway. And he is a player that can drive play and looks totally different than the player that we saw last year. And in the Big Ten tournament, Todd Molesky noticed that Holloway wasn't taking draws for Wisconsin. And he was like, Holloway is one of their better centermen for winning faceoffs. Him not taking draws, yeah, that looks like there could be something going on, like we saw with Scott Reedy. You know, something shoulder not feeling right, elbow or shoulder, elbow, somewhere, you know, for draws. You know, your bottom hand is your power hand. If that's not feeling good and you're out of it, that kind of changes the recipe, I think, for Wisconsin. And you can totally focus on Caulfield. And that's what Minnesota was able to do against Wisconsin. You can see screenshots of him in transition where the deer gapped up and there's back pressure right there, just choking him off and not allowing him to get space to shoot. And so when you do that against Cole Caulfield, it's going to be really hard for him to produce unless they can get some face-off plays or power play time like they often do. But five-on-five, if you can really focus on him, you can really take him away. Anyone interested in Lake State and UMass? UMass is really good this year. Um, Could be a team that could easily come out of that region. And then obviously we've got Lake State who haven't been there since they won a tournament back in the mid-90s, Nate. I, I like I like that uh, Wisconsin and UMass are ended up in the same region because you can make an argument for either team to be that last number one seed. And mm-hmm. why, why not have the two um, kind of play for it? If you assume both win the opening game. Um, UMass is is a really interesting team. Um, you, you they, they, They've kind of come through the uh, two years ago. They were the Kale McCarr show. Um, but obviously he's not there. Um, and obviously they've survived um, losing uh, one of the top players at the college hockey the last decade and they, and just continue to grow. They have a lot of veteran players. They have a lot of upperclassmen. Um, Flip Lindbergh, who is a wild prospect has been one of the better goalies um, in hockey East this season. Uh, Zach Jones is the next uh, big defenseman kind of coming out of that program. Uh, the, the job that Greg Carvel has done, um, recruiting and coaching and getting players uh, out of out of, out of Massachusetts is just uh, beyond impressive. And they have that tournament experience. They have that mixture of skill and experience, and it, it makes for an interesting uh, an, an interesting group uh, come NCAA tournament time. Um, and then on the other side, you have Lake State, who has been uh, one of the hotter teams also in the country lately. I think we won twelve of fourteen to get into the uh, the tournament. Um, and get the WCHA conference title. That's sadly the last one on the men's side for the future. But uh, they, 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 they been every team, they've been the teams that they have. It's a great story to be returning after 25 years. Uh, that's two tournaments in a row that you've had some lo- a long time uh, group, uh, a long time team that's uh, returned to the NCAA tournament after former glory. Bowling Green is another was one two years ago. So. I don't really know um, how that's going to go. Uh, Lake Superior State's goalie, Merrick Mintz, has been uh, 
outstanding when needed to. You can seal the game how it goes. But uh, yeah, I, I honestly I do like I do like UMass out of the out of that group. Um, I think they're kind of a twenty pick out of there, but uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see it wouldn't surprise me to see them in the Frozen Four. It really wouldn't surprise me to see any all, all of those teams kind of enter hot. So I'm really just uh, that it, it should be two fun games. It should be a fun weekend. Who do you think comes out of that region, Vegs? I just don't know what to think of UMass in Lake Superior State. I just I haven't really seen them play this year, so it's really hard for me to to say much about that series. You know, you can tell that UMass is a program that's pretty well run. I really like uh, their coaching staff and, and the job that they do there. I feel like they would be my pick to come out of there, even without having seen them very much. I just worry about Wisconsin's goaltending, and especially this Holloway deal that he could be dealing with it totally changes their team i don't think wisconsin has the dynamic defenseman to really compete over you know four games in ncaa tournament so we'll see what happens i mean you look at their power play it's five forwards they don't trust the defenseman to be on that unit their best players are forwards so you get in these kind of tight ncaa games sometimes that doesn't work out for you so i i like bemidji state coming out of this oh uh region I, I like their veteran team. I like the style that they're playing. I think that they're going to be able to do well against the goalies that are in this region. And they're a plus 175, according to the Vegas-type odds on the, <laughs> the, the weekend. I think that's a really good value for anyone out there that wants to ruin their family betting on college hockey. But I, I really do like uh, Bemidji State. Just side note, betting college hockey is impossible. We've seen this tournament. It's so very, tight and not very smart. Just it's not very smart. Don't do it. One of these years, I want to just crack to see if you take the underdog in every game if you make money because I swear that that has. To be, uh, <laughs> you could swear, but I've, I've I've been looking at this and AIC is really the only big big underdog. The rest of the four seeds are all kind of in this plus one seventy or the plus one ninety range, and so the the spreads are pretty tight. I'm going to go with UMass out of that uh, region. Though I'd love Lake State to come out. I, I love the teams who haven't been around in so long um, come back. And I, I think their uniforms are some are maybe the best. I, they, I love their uniforms, their color combo. So, But I'm picking UMass. Okay. And then other, else in the east, in Albany, we have, we have St. Cloud and BU to face BU. BC Vigs. <laughs> Man, just Notre, Dame, weird... Notre Dame just took a rain check and decided to get the hell out. Just a weird situation. I I would like to see what happens if St. Cloud plays BC just because I think that's a real measuring stick for how good is Hockey East and how good is NCHC. We don't really know this year. Obviously, NCHC has been the league that's dominated the postseason with all their NCAA champions. They've dominated the tourney bids the frozen four bids so it's going to be real interesting to see can they beat two hockey east teams to get to the frozen four i don't see that happening from what i've seen of bc bc is a team i've actually been able to see a little bit this year they have elite talent everywhere goalie defense forward they're well coached i think that's a team that's going to book their ticket to the frozen four maybe by default well, and they got the huge advantage too. They They're do. only going to be they playing do. one game this weekend. I will be rooting for the other side of the bracket. I, they probably won't win, but I will be rooting just just 
nothing against BC. I would just, you know, like to see them, you know, they, they, the, the Notre Dame thing really just kind of, it was handed to them, Nate. I mean, that's, that was going to be a tough matchup for the, for BC. Oh, it was. Yeah. And went into it. Yeah. So, so basically in the, in the battle of uh, dogs versus bird, you're, you're going with, you're going with dogs. <laughs> but better than picking puppies, right? Cause we all know yeah. what Tony Granato thinks when you got a bunch of puppies on your team. Well, no, Mike Eves. Mike Eves. <laughs> or Mike Eves, sorry. The Eves joke. The Eves joke. That's a long I, joke between you and me, Nate. Oh, I miss I miss Mike Eves. I miss it because like it kept it came up on like three different times. I'm just like I think I, like, I went to like uh, 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 after it was like does he was like every week or is it just come up like when, when, when we talked to him? <laughs> different years too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was over like a two year. It was over like a two year stretch. Mm-hmm. So are you, are you picking BC two there, Nate? I I think just for circumstances. I, I'd go with the. I was really curious to see how they go against Notre Dame and having that uh, going against like experienced upper class team, um, especially after just the way that uh, the the hockey East uh, semifinal against Lowell went, where they're up four one in the third and then they end up losing in double overtime. I think we've seen uh, we've seen it with the Minnesota, we've seen it with uh, with uh, uh, several teams, a lot of NHLers, NHL prospects, kind of towards the end of the year, where when things go bad, they kind of go bad quickly. So I was really curious to see how Boston College would go against uh, Notre Dame on that end. But I think, yeah, maybe having the one game is going to really help the Eagles um, be a little more fresh. Uh, BU played 15 games all season. They didn't start until January. Uh, they're still kind of a bit of an enigma. They're the third-place team in the hockey East by default. I really want to see um, more, more than anything. I'm curious to see St. Cloud State, uh, how they do without having heavy expectations after the last uh, few tournament trips mm-hmm. that we've had. Uh, I feel like the Huskies play their best when they don't have them, when they're a two or a three seed, and they're able just to uh, kind of play their style and not get caught up into, hey, we are one of the best teams in the country. We should be able to win. Um, we should be able to get this win easily. Um, and I feel like... I, I wouldn't be surprised if St. Cloud State goes goes to the Frozen Four and turns to Pittsburgh. But also at this point, after seeing uh, them lose to Ferris State and Air Force and uh, AIC and them pretty much uh, handing the win in brackets for like two years in a row, uh, it's kind of show. I, I, I'll believe it when I see it, but it would be nice to see St. Cloud State uh, kind of get that 800-pound uh, gorilla off their back. And I mean, kudos to Brett Larson. I I was a little worried about him last year, after the way St. Cloud handled their season. You know, with Bob leaving, pulling some recruits with him to Minnesota, leaving the cupboard maybe slightly bare at St. Cloud coming in. I think kind of that existing roster are now upperclassmen, and I think that's some of Bob's handiwork there. But Brett's done a nice job, kind of reshaping things and getting him to this point of the season. So. I I was impressed with that coaching job this year, and and they certainly do have a good chance to get through the Frozen Four. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, Viggs. Um, at the end, I think you saw last season before everything went down, end up kind of being maybe the consequence of that cupboard being cupboard, yeah, cupboard being a little bit bare, and uh, just they're able to get players a year older, um, bringing in the end in there. I mean, you bring in the NCHC Rookie of the Year in that conference. Uh, that 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 speaks that speaks well to your recruiting abilities. That speaks well to your coaching abilities. And uh, yeah, Saint Cloud State, uh, they they're still a tough out. I think uh, it's easy to uh, kind of 
take a little look away from them based on what North Dakota did this year, um, winning uh, both the regular season title and the conference tournament. Um, Minnesota Duluth is still the two-time defending champion and uh, remain just a crazy uh, tough out in the first round of that tournament. And I mean, until they lose, until they lose, they're still the defending champs. But I mean, St. Cloud State finishing second in both of those times. You uh, you can't fully overlook them. Well, let's move to the West, guys. We got in, in Fargo. We've got some great matchups kicking off. Um, one thing that's a little different, though, in the East compared to the West, though, is that the number one seeds are playing later and get less rest than was originally planned um, in the East. Um, so we're flipping it here. We've got uh, those Bulldogs, twice national champions in a row, Facing uh, the Big Ten in Michigan, Viggs, I am looking forward to that matchup tomorrow afternoon. I am a well. Probably of all the first-round games, this is the one I'm most interested to watch just because Michigan has so much talent. We've seen that in all their games with Minnesota, that they have players who can really just take over a game and make plays happen out of nothing. They've got so much there. And then we saw Straussman have a really good series of play against Minnesota. It wasn't always there. And we'll see what happens. You know, they've got a good young backup behind them, big big kid. But that's a game I'm looking forward to because I just don't know if UMD has the scoring punch this year. They, they did pretty well against the bad teams in the NCHC, but I just didn't see them play well when they were in the spotlight. When they were playing the big games, I didn't see that kind of UMD – style where they can you know squeak out the games by getting goals from the players they need to count on in the the lower tier games i thought umd was clearly in that top half of the nchc but when they were playing the top teams it just wasn't there for them what do you think about that matchup nate michigan and duluth bulldogs i love it the the good news for duluth is michigan might be might be the matchup that uh favors uh the bulldogs the best in there it's not a big team it's not somebody that uh it's going to kind of slow things down um they've really struggled against western michigan this year i i love the contrast in this you have the two-time defending champions you have a team that lost a lot of players from those teams but still has a wealth of experience um scott sandlin has never lost in the first round of the ncaa tournament um the, you, you you can say maybe it's a little bit of a reloading year in Duluth. Um, they don't have Hunter Shepard in goal. The year still kind of you have Nick Swain who's doing who has having a good year. So of uh, Kepke, but at the end of the day, it's still Duluth knows how to win. Duluth knows how to find ways to limit mistakes and take advantage of the opportunities that a team like Michigan's going to give them. And on the other hand, you have Michigan, who is by far one of the most uh, just by by far just uh, one of the most talented teams that are that are coming out of there i mean it's a young talented team uh you put this group together in like three years and uh, holy crap like they're gonna run over everyone but uh i'm really curious to see how that goes this team doesn't really have uh, other than the seniors doesn't have ncaa tournament experience um i want to see just how you have those uh young freshmen and uh underclassmen play uh, when it comes to NCAA turn time against an opponent that they're not uh, that, that 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 they've never played before, and how they're able to adjust. And then you know what you throw it again on a history. That's always nice to have in a 
So just it, it, it hits it hits a little bit of everything. Uh, you got big you got you got pretty much every side of that, and then yeah, you kind of get to figure out hey, which uh, where the Big Ten and NCHC kind of uh, stack up against one another this year too. Um, I, I, for me, I think it, it all depends on which Michigan team shows up. If those freshmen are jacked up, if those freshmen are playing well, I think they win this game. If it's more of a typical game for them, I think Duluth's going to have their experience that shine through on that, Viggs. You know, I just don't think we've seen too many times where Michigan, when they're at full strength, not come through. Okay. I think we've seen some shaky goaltending from them at times, but I think they've been able to score goals pretty consistently. And if you're going to have young players, you want to have them up front. And with as much talent as, as those Michigan players have, and then they've got Cam York and Owen Power on the back end, and those two are are pretty darn good. You know, Power, you know, he might go number one overall, and Cam York, he's a first round pick who won a gold medal. You know, two good guys to rely on. So I like I like Michigan in that in that matchup. And then on the other side, we've got North Dakota playing in Fargo against uh, AIC, who has never lost to a number one seed. Of course, they've only played one time. <laughs> that's kind of the big joke folks um in any other year nate i would say this is a blowout for north dakota just from the crowd there won't be as many people there i still think they're gonna win um but i think they'll be nervous at times aic can make it it will make it a good game i i have that feeling i don't I don't know if they can pull off the again the uh, repeat and get the upset going. Uh, I, I I kind of it's funny we were talking about Minnesota and their uh, what they needed to do in their Big Ten term. I kind of thought North Dakota had a similar thing where uh, they've been ahead so often uh, you haven't seen too, them face too much adversity and they're able to do that uh, in uh, in the NCHC uh, semifinals and championship game. Um, so I kind of speak a little bit better about North Dakota there. Um, I'm sure that uh, people love hearing that uh, on this podcast, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I think that the, the Fighting Hawks are a team that uh, they, they have a lot of ways to win. Um, the it's kind of uh, of the group. They're probably the be- They're probably the most veteran laden of the of the number one seeds. Um, Adam Shield might be a little bit underrated in goal too. I don't know if he matches up to uh, what Jack Lafontaine's done. But uh, it 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 should be a good game. Then on AIC, you still have a couple players from that uh, 2019 team. Um, you have a rested up team. You have a, a Yellow Jackets group that they've only lost three times all season, and I think they lost uh, once in 2021. So uh, they're going to be a tough out. It's always tough to end someone's season, and uh, there are no easy games come uh, this time of year. <sighs> Viggs, I, I still see North Dakota coming out of this region. Uh, I think it's going to be tough for anyone else to uh, to get in there, Viggs. Uh-oh. Viggs looks frozen again. Okay, Nate, do you think – does North Dakota come out of this region? Yeah, I don't know what to make of Adam Scheel. <laughs> Viggs is freezing and unfreezing all at one time. You know, I, I miss I miss this. Now at least I have like the uh, like the vi- like the video visual of uh, when uh, of Viggs being being frozen. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I mean, really, I mean, sure there could be an upside, but I really think this is uh, North Dakota's region to lose uh, there, Nate. 
I I think of them of the group, they're probably uh, the most favored, the number one seeds. I mean, also just throwing into Fargo, uh, it's an easy trip for them. Uh, you have a group that already is uh, playing the, for the unfinished business of uh, they weren't able to end up there. Uh, they weren't able to go in the uh, NCAA tournament last year before things went down. Uh, they're going to be the number one and number two overall there. Um, they had high expectations in the regular season. They met them. And then, uh, so I, I, I think it's, uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see someone upset uh, North Dakota. We pretty much kind of laid out, it, laid out a, a game plan for all three of those teams uh, to play their best games and end up beating uh, the Fighting Hawks. But yeah, if, if, if you put a, if you ask me who's going to advance out of that, I would easily favor, I'd, I'd favor North Dakota. Okay, hopefully he's unfrozen. I've been hearing him do some clicking there. Viggs, are you back with us? I'm getting ready for the Frozen Four. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting ready. <laughs> we're almost there. I I think we're still talking about Fargo, right? Yes, we are. I, I was just I was yeah, asking I you actually do you see do you, do you see anyone else coming out of there besides North Dakota? I mean, they're really good right now. I mean if you were going to look at the best set of defensemen in college hockey, it's hard not to look at North Dakota ahead of Minnesota, just because I think they have a little bit more offensive flair from their back end. So I, I have a hard time seeing anyone come out on top on North Dakota until someone proves me wrong. They're the biggest favorite in the first round matchup, according to the Vegas odds. Uh, AIC is like a plus four fifty right now, which is not a good bet against North Dakota. I'm surprised it's actually not higher. Uh, North Dakota is a good team. They've yeah. got experience that came back. Experienced players who are college hockey players too. Like they're invested in in wearing that Fighting Hawk jersey. I'm sure they grew up as little kids hoping to be Fighting Hawks. And uh, I think they're going to deliver in Fargo from their hometown. Stream only, by the way, for that uh, first game with EIC in North Dakota. I'm not sure what ESPN was thinking. Yeah, I don't know you hate that, to see it. I it, you hate to see that it. It's true because it's a shame. because it is clear North Dakota, Minnesota bring the highest ratings to any of these regionals. Isn't isn't that pretty much bear out, Nate? I remember a couple of years ago, Minnesota played Notre Dame in that regional. They lost. That was the highest rated game among all of the regional games that season, just because Minnesota was in it. Yeah, it's it's Minnesota, and if there if there's a team that would. Top uh, top North Dakota, Michigan, Michigan might be it. Um, Ohio State has like a sneaky good uh, has a sneaky good TV when they're on. It's uh, I'm the, the Minnesota Ohio State game on BTN ended up being like higher than any of the Big Ten championship game, conference tournament games this mm-hmm. year. Um, it's really tough to find Ohio State fans online and like discuss the sport, but like yeah, their casual following is like better than none. Um, it's a good thing we have Cabby then. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I get I get why Michigan would get the TV spot. It's always disappointing that when they get those regions, I only have the one. Uh, the AAC St. Cloud State game two years ago, same thing. It was a uh, it was the stream. Uh, I think uh, actually I think Ohio State was was the team and the team in Fargo that got the TV game. Um, well, so, it's unfortunate that the number one overall seed again is getting streamed. I believe this happened to Mankato a couple of years, or maybe it happened to St. Cloud a couple of years ago. That, it, ha- it happened to St. Cloud two yeah, years ago. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and then we move to Loveland, where also being streamed only uh, Minnesota State Mankato has not won an NCAA tournament game yet. Viggs, they're playing a Quinnipiac team that eh, kind of backed in. 
to the tournament, but has tournament experience as well. Um, so it's kind of an interesting matchup there. It is kind of an interesting matchup. I do like Minnesota State getting their first tournament win out of this one. I just think that that team has been through so much the last two years that they are going to be ready to go in this game. I feel like Quinnipiac is a Tufto team. Like he is the guy that drives the the ship for them, stirs the drink, whatever analogy you want to use, simile you want to use, you could use it with them. I think if Minnesota State with their veteran players takes him out of it and gets good goaltending like they have in 95% of their games this year from, from Dryden McKay, they're going to be just fine. I I would be shocked if Minnesota State win, loses that game. There you go. What do you think, Nate? This game is really interesting because it's kind of the opposite. I'm, I'm, I I'm think I might like enjoy watching this game more than the uh, Michigan-Minnesota Duluth game, but kind of for completely different reasons. Like, I don't know what's going to happen in this game. Um, Minnesota State comes in off that terrible loss to uh, Northern Michigan. Quinnipiac comes in off the terrible loss to St. Lawrence. They've both been really good other than that. Um, I watched Quinnipiac play a few times last season, and it kind of felt like they're in that Minnesota stretch um, where the Gophers were, where you're like, okay, next year is their year. They're putting things together. They're figuring things out. It looks like everything's going, and I, I can't tell. I can't tell what how if that's the case this year. Um, the ECAC has just been so weird and so put, uh, <laughs> just so stop and start and everything uh, with Quinnipiac. They have a lot of really good pieces. Beegs uh, mentioned Tufto, who I, for me, for my money, is the, uh, the most underrated player from Minnesota. Um, I did a feature for him on him for uh, Minnesota Hockey Magazine last year, and I think I was pretty much just called him as a sleeping giant. Uh, he's uh, the Matt Barzell of New Haven County. Uh, he just he creates plays out of nothing. Um, he's just easy. He, he runs the power play. He runs uh, even strength. Um, they got uh, they got probably one of the, like, the most underrated freshmen there in uh, Smilanic. Um, Keith Petrozelli had a really good season in goal. And again, it's all this stuff around. Like I don't know what to make of Quinnipiac just based on who they play. And I really want to see them play Minnesota State for this reason. And then on the other hand, you have the Mavericks who. Dryden McKay has been fantastic. Uh, if any goalie can win a game on his own, it looks like it's him. I mean, he has nine shutouts on the year. Yes, it's WCHA, but that's nine shutouts. That's uh, that's not easy to do. Um, they keep reloading. They keep getting players to play above their weight. Uh, they find these diamonds in the rough. Uh, you get uh, Jones kind of come into his own as a sophomore. Uh, I liked uh, seeing uh, Akira Hiroshi uh, as a freshman there on that uh, Mavericks blue line. You just, they have all these really good pieces. And every time you're like, okay, this is going to be the year that the Mavericks win that first NCAA tournament game, uh, it doesn't happen. And it's kind of that same thing. Like, I want to see them happen. I really think that this is a good opportunity for Minnesota State to have it happen. Uh, they didn't go east. They uh, have about four different chips on their shoulder for not being the number one seed uh, after running through the WCHA for all the years of being upset. Um, and it's a good matchup. It's probably like one of the best matchups that uh, the Mavericks can get. Uh, but until they win, I'm still <laughs> going to end the Mavericks win the game in the NCAA tournament. And, I think it's just tough with Quinnipiac. They basically played the the schedule that Penn State does in their non-conference. Like they, they have not played hardly anybody this season. And so it's just so hard to know what to make of a team that, that has a schedule like that where they're playing – you know, LIU and Colgate and, you know, it's just tough. 
And basically everyone in the ECAC at some point had like a COVID pause. So like, it's just, it's so hard to like put everything together. Uh, this does have the one common matchup where they both played Bowling Green, but I think it was uh, when Piac played them very early, like when they were kind of beginning their own and they got swept. Um, Mankato beat the, uh, beat, beat the Falcons like way late when uh, they're kind of no diving. So maybe that's a bit of a comparison. Maybe it's not, uh, it, it's a weird year, who knows. And then uh, by the time nine o'clock central runs around or comes around uh, when Minnesota plays Omaha, Viggs will already have two teams in the frozen four. Um, this is where it's, there's the, the definite goofiness. It should have been flip flopped with, you know, the number one seed playing early. I'm, I, I've heard that uh, Matsko was not very happy about that. But nope. not, well, but listen to his radio show. You'll get a good breakdown of it. <laughs> but nonetheless, Minnesota playing those Omaha, Nebraska, Omaha. Yeah, they just go by Omaha now. Nebraska, Omaha Mavericks. Um, this is going to be fun. I I love this matchup. I love that Minnesota has a, a one of the tougher matchups because I think Omaha could stick with pretty much anybody. Yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup for Minnesota. I think they can be off their game a little bit and still hang around and, and figure things out during the course of the 60 minutes. But this isn't a game where Minnesota wants to do a parade to the penalty box. Oh, yeah. We've talked at times over the year where Minnesota takes these bad offensive zone penalties. Do not do that against Omaha or you will let them in the game and you'll get in a special teams battle because they take a lot of penalties. They play a physical game. So you don't want to get into that kind of matchup that maybe the Mavs want to get into. So just avoid that. I think Minnesota would be okay, but I think it's going to be a good measuring stick. You know, it's probably the hardest uh, matchup between a one and a four in terms of premier conference teams playing each other. What are your thoughts, Nate? It should be a good one. Uh, again, as I just kind of mentioned earlier, Omaha enters a bit on a downslide. Um, they they do present a lot of challenges to Minnesota. Um, if you kind of look at North Dakota being a similar in a similar position, they're able to beat the the Fine Hawks twice in the six games that they played. So it's it it's not going to be easy. No one's handing Minnesota a win. Um, the Gophers going on the road outside Minnesota in the NCAA tournament. Uh, it, it hasn't been kind to them lately. Um, it's a new, it's a new year. It's a, it's a new team. Uh, I, I think if Minnesota is able to get something going early, if they're able to score, if they're able to just kind of control possession, especially against a Omaha team that, uh, gives up a lot of shots. Uh, I think of all the tournament teams, the, their shot margin is by far the lowest. Um, if they're able to do that and just control pace and control possession, it's going to be tough for Omaha to keep getting it, uh, to stay in it and without taking penalties and just kind of create more opportunities. So I think it's an opportunity for Minnesota to just kind of create their own success and uh, build upon it, but there's no guarantees in that. And there's no guarantees in anything this weekend. And I, I don't think Omaha has particularly strong goaltending either from what I can gather from watching, especially when you compare it to the there. three other teams in that bracket, right? The other three teams in the bracket or the other teams in the NCHC. I don't think Omaha is a particularly strong defensive team. They're a deep team. They're a physical team. Uh, it should be a fun game to watch. That's what I'm thinking. I, I've seen a couple Omaha games this year. It, it, it's a little more like they're deep. They're deep in the defense that uh, Seville has in front of him. 
it, it's not compared to the uh, some of the other teams. I mean, he he came into uh, Omaha being the, uh, the USHL goalie of the year, so he certainly has his credentials. He's, I want to say he's like a Vegas uh, draft pick. Um, he makes the saves when needed. He certainly uh, can keep uh, Omaha in the game, but I, I almost feel like he's like he's a year away from kind of hitting that next level. Um, we've seen it with we've seen it with goalies where just they they take a little longer to develop and I, I i see flashes of it with him but i don't know if he has it yet all right guys what's your prediction come on nate what do you got who do you got coming out of that that uh loveland region if, if, if minnesota wins the first if minnesota wins the first game i think they're frozen four bound uh it's the we, we've seen them struggle the most and kind of build momentum just in the first game of two game series this uh this season so it's always that first game for the gophers and the ncw tournaments play is always something that kind of scares me when watching them play uh if they get through that i think they're i think they're they're going to pittsburgh uh if not i <laughs> i i know what i'm gonna say if not i'd say if not that doesn't ever do which one the mavericks (laughs) all right Viggs. i've got minnesota going through the frozen four this is one of the better complete teams we've seen the gophers put together in a long time i just think that their consistency at goaltending and defense gives them a chance to win even when they're not playing well and i think this weekend they might go through a stretch where they struggle to do the right things with the puck and, you know, put pucks in the goalie's feet and try to get dirty goals. We've seen them do that a lot in first and second periods. I think they'll have enough time to, to shake out of it. You just, you do worry if they get into a, a penalty filled game with Omaha, they could go sideways. Especially they're going to get Eastern refs. There's going to be nothing but Eastern refs in that region you know it's gonna be ecac hockey something like that i mean you're not gonna have any wcha you're not gonna have anything like that and usually the gopher penalty kill has been good but their power play has been up and down yeah. so we'll see what we get this weekend i think minnesota will get through though I, i'm i'm nervous about this because as we've seen they haven't advanced from a regional outside of minnesota since 2002 That's your stat you go with. I, I you, thought I thought it was 2002 out of Michigan. They played at Michigan. They beat. They only had to play one game. They beat CC to go to the Frozen Four. Um, I think 2003 wasn't that uh, here in Minnesota. 2003 and five for Mariucci. Yeah, so that's the last time they've advanced from a region outside of Minnesota. So that's that's always weighing on my mind. Of course, I'm picking the Gophers, but. I it, it's I, I still think it's pretty daunting. I mean, may, hopefully Matsko doesn't have that in his head, but it's it's uh, it's been weighing on me because it's 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 just fact. It will be interesting to see how the coach handles a tight game this weekend. He's had some struggles with St. Cloud in the tournament. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how he manages things because this team has had issues on the bench that we've talked about that have popped up when things aren't going well. So if they're behind, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to continue to bounce back like they did in the big 10 tournament, Uh, because you know, no second chances here. The time for lessons is done. Our boy, Steve, he confirmed it. It was 2002 was the last time they advanced to a frozen four through a regional that was not in Minnesota. 
Well, they're going to have to get used to that if they want to get to Frozen Fours because it doesn't look like Minnesota is going to be hosting any regionals for the time no. ahead here. No. Any final thoughts, guys? I see there's some questions in Twitter from earlier. We just had a lot to go through today. We'll cover some of those in, in overtime here. But uh, any last thoughts, Nate? I am really looking forward to this weekend, sitting down <laughs> and watching a lot of hockey. Uh, it's honestly, it, it, it's, it's one of my favorite weekends of the year. Just, uh, it's probably, it's, it's this and World Juniors, that little stretch at the end of uh, December. Um and I guess I guess I'm I guess I guess I'd also throw in uh, the the state tournament, but uh, as well, just I like I like those little stretches where you can just sit and you have games going on all day and you can mm-hmm. just pay attention. Viggs, any final thoughts? I think it's fun for college hockey to have the Blue Buds back at mm-hmm. number one seeds and playing well. Okay. I think it'll be interesting to see the ratings that come out of this weekend. Uh, in a pandemic season where the, the passionate fans aren't going to be able to go to many of the sites this year. I know that some people are able to get frozen four tickets this week and are hoping to see Minnesota play in Pittsburgh. I think they've got a really good chance to get through and do some damage this year. Uh, it's going to be interesting. We're looking at some of the teams that could advance through. I really like North Dakota. I like Minnesota and I like BC and that's a, that's good for college hockey. Can you imagine if, if, if a Wisconsin gets through as well, holy blue bloods, frozen four. That'd be a fun town. Yeah, and, and and Nate, you know, you say it's one of your favorite weekends. This weekend is my favorite weekend, bar none. You know, just start, you know, flip on the TV on Friday afternoon and just just soak it all in. And then you could stay up late. You could you hope there's a big overtime game, a late game Friday night, because then you can sleep till noon the next day. And then it's just solid hockey the rest of the weekend. I love it. It's great. The only downside, at least for me, uh, is just in this pandemic year. I and mean, normally year, I would probably find my way to go up to Albany. I'd go up to Bridgeport. Uh, I'd be going between like some regionals. But you know what? Hey, if the alternative is sitting down and watching every game on TV, I, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> Well, of course, we're going to thank Nate for coming on the podcast with us again. It's always great to have you on, and you're, you're like number three on the list all time now. Ooh, I was getting worried. People are passing me. No, no. Well, people. Pa- well, it's kind of tough with Molesky. Molesky and Cappy now have really moved up because they're 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 kind of regulars whenever we play Wisconsin and, and Ohio State. So, oh, it, it, it's nice. Uh, I, I I was telling Viggs this. Uh... Earlier, but like I, I listen, I was listening to uh, the uh, the podcast on my runs, and just it's always good uh, to kind of catch up and uh, listen to your guys' thoughts on the season. Uh, uh, I still, I, I, I try to text to some of you guys, and uh, I end up watching pretty much every Gopher game. We had the we had the, no, we had the BTN Plus, and uh, for the Fox Sports games, and I mean BTN's great for them. I even had the uh, the one Notre Dame game that was uh, stream only in uh, Minnesota that was on TV here. Well, it's great to have you on the on the podcast again, and uh, let's just hope for a good weekend, folks. Either way, it's going to be great. You know, so that's going to do it for this week's uh, GPL podcast. We'll be back next week to recap regional weekend and, um, and just hope for that big Frozen Four. For those of you listening live on uh, or watching live on YouTube, stay tuned for a bit of overtime. For the rest of you, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.